Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. Hey guys, welcome to another edition of the Talking Metal Podcast. We have a special co-host on the line with us that I want to introduce to you guys. His name is James Smith from Thrash Metal Times. James, how are you tonight? I'm doing outstanding, Mark. How are you? Good, man. I wanted to thank you for hooking me up with John from Exciter because he's, you know, over the course of, I guess, the last two to three years, it's been, uh, he's, he's given us two great interviews and the last one he gave us, we got a lot of, as you know, a lot of mileage out of. I mean, Blabbermouth picked it up and actually transcribed some of the interview on their site, which they rarely do. You know, sometimes I send them interviews that I transcribe if I think it's a juicy little tidbit, but rarely do they actually take one of my interviews and, and type it up for news purposes. So uh, thanks for that, and thanks for introducing me to, to John. And let's start off uh, talking about Exciter. You just emailed me that you got a photo of the original three guys. How are they looking? Well, they do uh, appear a little bit older. Yeah, of course. Dan Beeler, I don't want to single him out, but uh, he's definitely showing his age. Uh, but he looks fit and trim, though. I guess that's from being a drummer. Right. Um, Alan has lost a little bit of hair. But uh, John Ritchie, pretty much, he looks the same. Yeah, cool. Now, what are your feelings about Dan? I mean, because he just used to just, like, wail and hit those notes, those super high notes. You know, and I asked John, I said, how, you know, how do you think his voice is going to sound? And when I did the interview with John, it was, I guess, still before they had done any rehearsal. But John, in you know said, well, I, I think he's going to sound great, you know, and, and what are your feelings on that? Because there's so many of these singers from, we could, I mean, we could just li- read the list, but I mean, Ozzy sticks sticks out in my mind, you know, e- even, I, I can even say that Halford can't sing like he used to. So many of the guys can't really hit the notes that they used to. How do you think Dan, Dan is going to hold up when we start to hear him perform these classic Exciter songs in concert? 
Well, I think you should do uh, very good. You know, some of the singers that you mentioned, you know, when they're getting on in their life, you know, the bands will start to tune down their instruments a little bit. But, right. Uh, yeah, I mean, even Aerosmith, I mean, they, they, when you hear them in concert, they're sometimes tuning a half step to a full step down from what the songs are on the records. Right, exactly. But uh, I've seen uh, some recent videos of Dan Beeler. You know, he had his own uh, group for a while. Saw a bunch of videos from them performing down in Brazil uh, from not too long ago, and he is still hitting those high notes pretty good. Sounds almost like he did 30 years ago. Good, cool. Well, right now, guys, let's get into a classic song that actually James Smith picked out called Rising of the Dead by Exciter, and we're going to come back and talk more about Exciter and a couple other bands here on Talking Metal.
That was Rising of the Dead by Exciter on Talking Metal. We are, of course, talking about the the band's recent announcement, fairly recent, that they are back together with the original three guys. Now, James, were you a fan of the work Exciter has done in recent years without you know the original three guys and just John, basically? Well, it took a little bit to get used to it um, with the, the four-piece band. Um, I was a fan. I thought Kenny Winter did a great job on vocals, and yeah. all the guys did good. You know, Definitely. Rich Kenny, Kenny was great. And uh, playing me on bass. I, I thought they were pretty good, but, you know, I could always tell from John's emails that chemistry, something just wasn't right. And, uh, you know, he talked about what happened, what went down with the band. And uh, But I think it's great that the three original guys are getting back together. And I was just looking at an email from John. He's talking about his rehearsals, and he says, hey, our rehearsals are going extremely well. The musical chemistry between the three of us is still very evident, and uh, they're jamming along. They're uh, practicing for a 15-song set. Wow. And John also said he came up uh, with some new riffs while they were practicing, so you know they're going to turn them into some songs, and we should look for some new exciter on the horizon. Cool. Cool. I'm looking forward to that, and I'm hoping they get down to the New York, New Jersey area because it's one band I've I've seen, you know, just hundreds, if not thousands, of bands throughout my lifetime. Being a guy in my mid 40s at this point, but I've I've never seen Exciter play, so I am uh, excited for the news that these original three guys who made that magic on those first three records that they're back together. Yeah, it's going to be great. You know, I think they're going to. Uh shake the rust off down in Brazil. They have a couple of dates scheduled down there. And then I think they're going to come up and do a little bit of turning across the U.S. I believe the East Coast and states along the Canadian border. And then, of course, they're playing the uh, Keep It True Festival in Germany next year, which is, as you know, that thing is huge. But, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be great. You know, I saw Exciter back in, in 83 or 84 in Austin, Texas. And they just tore the place up. It was amazing watching that three-piece band sound like it was a five-piece band. And then with Dan playing drums and singing at the same time, I mean, it was just amazing. Right. Now, where did you say you saw them? Texas? Yeah. Now, is in that, Austin. Is that where you're originally from? I was thinking that, that you were from the from Canada for some reason, but I guess that's... No, just, no. <laughs> uh, that, no. Now you were friends with John, you know, so I figured, oh, you must know John from... But you're from Texas. Oh, huh? Yeah, I'm from the great state of Texas, and uh, uh, I just became friends with John. I emailed him out of the blue one day and uh, asked him if he wouldn't mind answering a few questions, you know, for an interview that we were trying to get up on our website when we had just started. And uh, he wrote me back. He said, yeah, I'll answer anything you want. And he had all the questions answered within about a uh, half hour, 45 minutes. And since that time, you know, we probably exchange emails two or three times a month. Cool. He just lets me know what's happening. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's been great. Excellent. Well, let's kind of segue off of that and get into some other music right now. Let's check out the song Evil by Merciful Fate. And then let's 
come back and talk a little bit about King Diamond.
What you just heard was the classic Evil by Merciful Fate. Let's talk a little bit, James, about what's been in the news lately with King Diamond. You mentioned something to me in an email. Uh, tell, tell us uh, about the spat. Yeah, and a spat is what it is. It looks like something that should be on divorce court, the way these guys are airing dirty laundry. You know, what he did is, uh, we don't know if Hal Patino was fired or if he quit. That seems to be the big thing. And, uh, you know, the bottom line is he's not going to be on the rest of the tour that King Diamond is doing across Europe. So he tagged uh, another guy from a band called The Poodles, another bass player called Pontus Egbert, yeah. to fill in. But... Poodles, yeah, I, I like the Poodles a lot, by the way. Not not anything like King Diamond, but they... No, they, no, uh, not at all. They are um, good musicians, for sure. Yeah, 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 I checked them out. But they have this spat going, you know, between the two, and it basically comes down to either he was fired or he quit. And it's been going on for a couple of weeks now. And one of the last great headlines I saw a couple of days ago was from Halbatino to King Diamond, and he says, you know what? Your real problem is that you're a tired, bitter old man. Yeah. I also I said he had a drug addict, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think that's what uh, King responded with, you know. Hey, there was this drug problem, a drinking problem, and all these other things. And he just let it fly. He opened himself up, and he, he asked anybody that wanted to look into his background, look into the financial records and things like that to see that uh, the King is correct. And... You know, he kind of got aside with him. I, I don't think he would do anything unjust to this guy. If he got fired, probably deserved it. Right. Do you think, I mean, I hate to go all gossipy here, but, I mean, you hear about King Diamond and the heart attack that he had in, in more recent times, and, and part of me, I always kind of scratch my head a bit when I hear these guys in their 50s, these heavy metal guys having heart attacks because it's happened before and yeah. I always think well listen it's no secret that cocaine is a big part or at least was a big part of the heavy metal scene in the 80s and stuff and and you know these a lot of these guys they must have gotten heart damage now it's it's I think probably bad to speculate because I I know people in my personal life who've had heart attacks in their 40s that never yeah. touched this stuff you know so but you know, with him, with 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 Hal saying this, it it the first thing I thought of was was oh King's heart attack, you know, and yeah. so I I do think that in in a lot of ways it's it is a, it is whether it's true or not it's it's a little bit of a low blow, especially being that King has had health issues with his heart and stuff like that, and yeah, uh, I I don't know, I mean. Yeah, I would, I would hate to speculate on the cause for that as well. You right. Know, as long as he can still hit those falsettos, you know, he's good to go in my book. Yeah, and all we can hope is that he is healthy and that this is just uh, uh, some bitterness going down over somebody who's been dismissed out of the band. Any memories of seeing King Diamond in concert? Uh, saw him in Houston. Well, saw Marshall Fate in Houston. And again, that was 83 or 84. Wow. And that was uh, just after Melissa came out. And, uh, you know, they did a great set. And it was amazing just to see him perform, to hit all those falsettos uh, live. You know, we thought most of it were recording tricks or something. But, uh, no, he nailed it, and it was a great show. You know, the thing about those Merciful Fate records, and even 
the, the early King Diamond stuff, when you hear about progressive metal and, and, you know, Dream Theater and, oh, even, you know, Fate's Warning and even, maybe even Queensryche, I, I can't help but think that, not to mention everything else that came after those bands in the progressive yeah. metal field, I can't help but think that Merciful Fate, which uh, I never really hear Merciful Fate being called progressive metal, but I, you know, and I hear all the time when you, people talk about black metal and, and stuff, they they point to Merciful Fate as, you know, even though they weren't black metal, they were one of the, there was a, an element of what they were doing that founded this black metal movement in a way with bands like Venom and, uh, you know, other bands too. But, yeah, uh, but, but, that, that was more based on, you know, his persona on stage. And yeah, I do too. Acting and, you know, and the content of the songs. And yeah, I remember when they were calling them black metal, then I think they called them death metal, which, you know, nowadays there's no relation to that at all with these guys. I think they're just good old heavy metal with some elements of thrash sometimes. It's but don't really you think some elements of progressive too? Because I, yeah, I hear, yeah. I hear like odd time signatures. I, even, even the way he sings, I hear so much stuff that that seems to have been uh, very influential on on the likes of of many many progressive metal bands that came came later. And very rarely do I hear Merciful Fate or even King Diamond uh, associated with uh, the progressive metal movement. Yeah, and that's sad. You know, the guy deserves a lot of praise. Uh, you know, on that note. There's a band called uh, Savage Wisdom. They're out of New Mexico. And uh, I've done a couple of reviews of those guys, and they have a merciful fate feel to them, especially the lead singer. He kind of hits those high notes and some falsettos. And uh, I'd recommend anybody go out and check out their new CD. Okay. Called the New Beginning. And cool. uh, it's, it's great stuff. Excellent. Well, there you go. Good tip from James. Let's get into a little Judas Priest right now. This is... One of the most, when it comes to Judas Priest, for me, this is definitely one of the most important songs because, you know, I was already starting to get into metal. I was probably like age 13 or 14 when this song came out. But, uh, you know, and I, I, know, I, knew, I knew another thing coming and living after midnight from hearing it occasionally on the, on the radio. Those songs didn't get a lot of radio play in the Chicago area where I lived at the time. But Free Will Burning, uh, Friday Night Videos played the video for it. And then I was working at a radio station at my high school, and we actually got a promo record of it. It's the first promo record I ever got in my entire life, Defenders of, of the Faith. And this song just, it just blew me away. Free Wheel Burning by Judas Priest.
What you just heard was a little Judas Priest. We are here with James Smith from Thrash Metal Times. Give the website address for your site, James. Yeah, that's an easy one. www.thrashmetaltimes.com And any bands out there, feel free to uh, send us any new music. We always give it a listen. And, uh, you know, we'll give you the truth. We're not going to sugarcoat it, whether it's good or bad. But uh, feel free to send us your music. Uh, We've gotten mail with uh, music from all over the world, Croatia, Russia, a lot of stuff from South America. So send it my way. Cool. Where do you think some of the most promising scenes are right now as far as heavy metal and thrash metal go? Well, you can't rule out Germany. I, I think... They've always kept the metal flag flying there. Right. You know, when we were going through that whole Nirvana thing here, you know, Germany was still doing thrash metal and heavy metal. So I think from between that area and some of the old Soviet Union countries, like, you know, what's left of Yugoslavia, Croatia, okay. you're seeing a lot of good metal bands come out of there, and they're singing in English, and it just sounds awesome. Yeah, cool. Very good. Well, we heard Judas Priest earlier. And by the way, guys, all the music on tonight's show has been handpicked by James. So, And some good stuff. Thanks for, thanks for picking these tracks out, James. So let's talk about Judas Priest. They are currently on tour, and they are moving on. They've been actually moving on for a while without K.K. Downing. However, yeah. they do have a new record out w- without K.K. Downing. Thoughts on the new record? You know, I like it. There, there's a couple of tunes that are kind of so-so. But uh, overall, I think it's a great effort. Uh, there's a few production issues with it. I got to agree with you on that. Some of the sound kind of tinny, but overall, I, I think it's good. You know, they, they put out a good CD. Yeah, my, my, my thoughts on it, and I, I think I'm pretty much with you, there are some, some really great songs on there that I, I feel have that classic Judas Priest sound. And yeah. You know, they, they, I think Richie did a great job with helping kind of guide them back to that sound and co-wrote yeah. much of the record. And I do think he is a great asset. And part of me is just repeating what I'm hearing Glenn and Rob say about him in interviews. But, uh, you know, I, I buy that. And I think he, being a younger guy, has helped them kind of maybe tap back into their youth or at least to a time in their past. However, I have big, big issues with the guitar sound on the record. I think it sounds, you know, I was listening to it over and over again, and it sounds like, do you know what the pod is? You can, it's a piece of equipment you plug into, and you can go right into your computer and stuff. Yeah, you can take any amp sound. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like they're using one of those or something. And somebody on my Facebook page put, yeah, it sounds like they went through their iPad using some some (laughs) amp presets you know that they bought in the itunes store and i i gotta agree with that it's that the the guitar sound sounds very packaged to me and yeah in a way when you go back to some of that judas priest stuff especially from the 80s there were you know they were heavy on the effects the flange the compression but it always had a real amp sound like it sounded like they were playing through marshall's you know cranked up whereas on the new record it it Maybe they are, and they just compressed the shit out of it and made it sound yeah. too... They beat it down too much, but there's something about the guitar sound that, that bugs me a lot. 
and yeah, I think he nailed it. Uh, I think it was just compressed too much, and uh, yeah, something there is an issue with the guitars, which is kind of a shame because you know Glenn Tipton has always been this great melodic soloist, you know, from from day one, and uh, he was one of my uh, guitar players I always looked up to. And uh, it's it's sad that on this new CD that there are guitar issues and, you know, I don't know how they can fix it unless they go back and, you know, redo everything. But I, I don't see that happening anytime soon. So hopefully the live shows, you know, will be much better. Yeah. I, I just feel like people aren't talking about the guitar sound, though, on the record. Like, I, I know when Metallica put out Death Magnetic, so many people were up in arms about certain ways the album came out. And there was, like digital distortion peaks on the record and it was a big uproar over over it whereas where's this i don't know i just feel like i mean i've said it on my facebook page and a few people have chimed chimed in but every time i read a review or or something about the record i'm not hearing anybody comment about the guitar sound so i was glad to hear that that you have a uh, a similar thought on the record as I do. Yeah, well, and it's not just us. I've actually seen a few websites where have the guys have been talking about that. You know, not not sites like Blabbermouth and so on, but uh, you know, instrument-related websites that are specifically for guitar, bass, and drums. So those guys are talking about it. Okay, cool. But it does have some great songs on it. Redeemer of Souls is the record we're talking about. So definitely uh, give it a listen, guys, and see what you think. You can pick it up on iTunes. And let's talk about this last song we're going to end with today. I got to admit, I'm not all that familiar with this band or song, so please fill me in. The song is, I'm sorry, the band is The Law. The song is Anthem. Yeah, what a great tune. Uh, A lot of people kind of recognize it, but they're always like, man, who is that? Well, the first time I heard it was uh, from the movie Get Thrashed, which is kind of like the history of, you know, thrash metal. Yeah, my good and, friend, actually, Rick Ernst, was one of the people who uh, produced and directed that movie. Great movie. Yeah, what a great movie. And that tune is in there, I believe, uh, in the closing credits and one other time. But, uh, man, what a great song. And, you know, they're singing about the history, you know, talking about the West Coast and the East Coast and things like that. But what a great tune and a great movie. You know, love it. Cool. All right, so is this a band from back in the day, or is this like a more recent song, or, or do you know? I think it was, you know, fairly recent to the time when the movie came out. Uh, the band has been around for a while, as far as I know. I've got some of their other music, and it's, it's just as strong, you know, some great uh, riffing, great power chords, great vocals. Cool. Good stuff. All right, well, we're going to check that out in just a second, and again, the movie that James just mentioned is get thrashed, uh, done by a former producer of MTV's Headbangers Ball. His name is Rick Ernst, and Rat, former drummer of Overkill, was also heavily involved in producing the movie, and it's a great, great documentary, specifically really about that golden era of thrash metal. So definitely check that out if you haven't seen it. And James, it's been great chatting with you tonight. I know you got two little little boys, right? Yeah, I got two young ones I got to deal with now, so yeah. they need they need some dad time. All right, all right. Well, I'm I'm in the, my wife's out tonight, and I got two two little guys here too. I'm hoping they're sleeping upstairs, but I better go check on them. So <laughs> we'll end on that note, and we'll get into the band, the Law. And again, this song is called Anthem. Guys, 
definitely check out TalkingMetal.com. Check out James on ThrashMetalTimes.com. We'll have that link through today's show notes. And also check out all the other great podcasts on the Talking Metal Digital Network. We have the Mars Attacks podcast and Mitch LaFon up in Canada with one-on-one with Mitch LaFon. And he's been just pounding out interviews, and he's going to be doing a lot of coverage from the Heavy Montreal concert event, which is happening in less than a month. So stay tuned for that. All right, guys, take care, and here is The Law with Anthem.